Of Friday, uh, uh, November twenty third, two thousand twelve. I'm Sarah, and the editor in chief of ComicMind.com is here, Tony Guerrero. Hey, everyone. And we are so stuffed from eating so much turkey. And, but I don't eat turkey. Except that we're not, because we're recording this on Monday. Monday, we. You're lying. Yeah, we're so we're talking to you from the uh, the, the past. past, I guess. Yeah, time travel device. I'm doing a lot of that lately. It gets confusing. Doing a lot of time travel? Time travel and podcasting. Just trying, oh, really? Just trying to keep keep things sorted out. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, it's interesting. It was um really interesting because, uh, so when I did the other podcast, so I mentioned on the last podcast, I recorded two last Thursday, and I recorded, like, the two weeks one before this week's one, and talking to that person, I was like, you're kind of tiptoeing. I was like, well, by the time this goes out, you could probably maybe talk about this or that. And yeah, it's a little messy. So how many podcasts do we have going up today? Today, just the one. Just so it's like Wednesday oh, and, this and, week and I meant to yeah, say, I'm two. sorry. Yeah. So there should be two every week. So okay, like Tuesday night, Wednesday morning is the one. And then Friday, uh, this is probably, you pre- you are probably noticing this one up earlier than, than normal. Yeah. Since, since we were cheating a little and recording it early. Yes. Um, which is also why we won't be talking about any uh, news. Like if we have like a big story that comes out this week and you yeah. don't hear about it on this podcast, don't That's be like, why didn't you guys about talk that. about this? It's because we didn't know because we recorded this on Monday. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. And, and Corey's not here. He's, I don't know what he's doing, but, but it's we're not here. So, yeah. yeah. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, do you have any Thanksgiving plans? Do I? Uh, I don't actually. Um, like nothing at all. Like no, not even a, a a meal, a bird, small bird, small bird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't because my family lives far away. So, but you have friends. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, it's nice. Like the not idea even a, a frozen turkey meal. No, I really don't like turkey. Actually, I do the, I the like fake turkey. turkey. Yeah. There's this one. There's this one. Because, okay, you don't like the soy stuff. There's this one that's made out of, what's it called? It's made out of, like, some sort of um, fungus. It's like mushroom something. I forget what the, the, the name of it. When I read it, it's like, this is like a fungus? But it's not a fungus. Yeah. But it's not, not because, um, like, tofurkey? Yes. Eh, you know, you, we've kind of talked about this. There's, there's some okay fake stuff and some not so okay fake yeah, stuff. Some of it tastes really rubbery. So there's this one that that's actually pretty good. You know, you, you cook it in the oven and it it tastes pretty good. So mm-hmm. I'll be having some of that. But there will be real turkey on it, or it was real turkey on the table by the time this goes out. But you just won't be eating it. Yep, does, doesn't bother me. Anymore. I mean, looks good, smells good, but I don't need it. Yeah. Um. No, I mean I have friends, but um, I I don't like to impose on on their family time. I always I always feel like. If you go celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas with someone else's family, they feel like they need to treat you differently or like make accommodations for you in order to make you feel comfortable. And I don't want that, you know. Hmm. So um, I don't, I don't like to feel like I'm imposing on people. So I just do, don't do it. 
But um, now everyone's probably gonna be like, "Oh, poor Sarah." No, it's okay. I'm I'm totally fine with it. This is like the fourth year that I've not seen my family for Thanksgiving, so it's cool. Hmm. Sorry, man. It's cool. It's I'd fine. invite you up, but you're too far away. Yeah, and you'd be imposing. Yeah, it'd be weird. I wouldn't like, want to. No who's offense. That? Yeah. You're weird. No offense. Anyway. <laughs> So um, we can talk about some comic books since this is a comic book podcast. Yeah, we actually got some uh, some early looks at Marvel books. Yeah. So part of the Marvel Now, Marvel now. books coming out. Um, so I read Journey into Mystery this morning. I guess we can start with that, right? Sure. You finished reading yep. that too? Um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, so the book is tr- is changing a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. this has been Loki's book for a really long time. But that character is actually going to what? The uh, Young, Young Avengers? Avengers? Yeah. So Sif is taking over the title, and it's nice to see her in this prominent position on her on her own book, technically, at least for the time being, and um, sort of doing what Sif does. And we don't really know what she does, because most of her appearances, at least from what I've read, have been her with Thor. Yeah, like fighting at his side, or yeah. just talking to him, or but really, being is, in a bed naked with right. him, like that but one what issue. Is, <laughs> what does Sif actually do um, by herself? You know, does she fight her own battles? She, I mean, she's a warrior in her own right, so it makes sense that she should get her own her own title. So I'm, I'm I was really excited um, about that concept about giving Sif her own sort of space to do what she does. Um, I don't know how I felt about this book. Like in the be- in the beginning, it was a little bit slow going into it. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of tough to read, mm-hmm. and um, it's really wordy. It's, it's got to be because it's all as guardian. Yeah, but not barely. all not all as as guardian lingo is is that wordy. I mean, if you read the what is it, the God of Thunder mm-hmm. issue one, it There's wasn't as bit, yeah. wordy as this one was. Yeah, little flowery. Yeah, this one's pretty flowery. That's a good. It's a good ad- adjective. Um, but the end was pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'm trying to think back to Sif. Because, um, you know, I, I've read some of like in the 80s and 90s and, you know, some of the Asgard stories when he wasn't on Earth. And I think I've mentioned, I forget, maybe it was last week or the video that, that went up where I tend to like more of the Asgardian stories set on Earth. and. Mm-hmm. So when they're, they're deep rooted in Asgard stuff, it's like okay, but sometimes it gets gets just a little out there, and um, you just wait. I do like the idea, like you said, seeing you know what does Sif do when she's not fighting at Thor's side? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know you see her in a tavern or doing whatever, and you know just hanging out. So I kind of like that because we don't even the the Thor stories that were taking place directly on, on Asgard, we didn't really see a, a lot of that. It was always like no. you know one thing after another, you know. Odin going into Odin sleep or someone threatening him and, you know, some calamity coming. So I like that idea of seeing the different side of Asgard or, you know, like what, what, what could be going on. But I'm also trying to think of like how Sif has been portrayed. Cause I think for a lot of people now, they're going to have how she was in a movie in their mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. And um, with journey into mystery before, I don't know you know if she was making any appearances. Cause you know, I was kind of reading it off and on. And, you know, she was in Mighty Thor a little bit. There is just a couple moments here where it seems like she's kind of going through something. Yeah. She um, she's, she definitely seems like, I mean, she's definitely trying to, to you know, ob- obtain more power, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I I don't I don't really I don't really know why. Because then, like at the end, what she does, like, holy cow! It's yeah, like, it's like is that is that expected or unexpected? I was like, I wasn't really sure, and I was just kind of like, it was a it was a surprise. It's almost like I, I'm I'm a little concerned where this could be going. I mean, it's going to be interesting, mm-hmm. which maybe that's the twist that this needs, especially for someone like me who's almost indifferent to Seth? you know to, to I mean just Asgard stories. I like like when when they brought Journey into Mystery back. I remember reading that first issue, and because I remember I was actually like in Illinois at my parents, and I remember reading. I was like, "Wow, this this was really cool." Mm-hmm. And then I read like the next issue, next issue, and I probably like didn't read one, and then I kind of read one. So, but it's always like that kind of where it doesn't always hold my interest for 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 too long. You know, month mm-hmm. after month, I'll read it if I remember, if I get to it, if I don't get to it, and then the next issue comes out, it's like I won't go back. Right. So this this could be interesting, and and you know, of course, I want to support you know, a female driven book because you know, we need more of those. And I, I'm just, I just wonder where this is going to go. And, you know, is there going to be any crossover with Thor, God of Thunder? Are they going to keep them separate? Um, it would be interesting if there were, because like, it, it seems like Thor is in a very different place Yeah. in comparison. Yeah. So, so who knows? I don't know. And then with Loki, I'm assuming he's going to be on earth. Mm-hmm. All that. So pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, Kind of a little unexpected, I think. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, then what about Indestructible Hulk? Mm-hmm. So Mark Wade, I think it's the first time he's written Hulk. Lanil Francis, you obviously has there drawn Hulk. There wasn't before. a lot of Hulk in this, was there? Um, I mean, there was, but there wasn't. It's it's kind of interesting. There so, was more Banner than Hulk in this. Hulk and Captain America. So I, I read those last week, and then. Reading them again right before writing the review, I actually flip flopped my ratings on both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I first read Hulk, I was like, "This is good," but then when I read it again, I was like, "This is really good." Mm-hmm. And with with Captain America, it was, it was the opposite where um, I I really liked and I wasn't sure. But so with with see with Captain America, I was like, "This is really good." Like I would have yeah. given it a five. We can talk about that in just a sec. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so with Indestructible Hulk. I mean, it is a lot of setup, and I so I ended up giving it a five. And I originally was going to, when I after I first read, it, I was going to give it a four. I was like, "This is just too much I setup." Giving it a four because it, it's like you got Banner or a three even. So you have Banner, you know, <laughs> setting everything up. And but what I what I like, and you know, I guess it's it's not really spoiling too much, but the idea is what's good is they're picking up with the, with the last series. So we we had where Hulk and Banner were separate. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the whole thing. That's what Banner's been trying to do his entire existence is trying to get rid of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. He's finally at a point now where he realizes he kind of needs a Hulk. You right. know, and that that's what happened when they split up. I mean, and Banner went crazy. Um so he's 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 come to terms with that, but then he's also like, I'm this really smart guy, and all people are going to think about me, all they're going to remember me is for the Hulk, for dis- all the destruction that the Hulk has caused. And he's like, you know, you got Reed Richards, you got Tony Stark. They've created all this stuff to like, help out mankind. Banner hasn't done anything. He, mm-hmm. he made the Gamma Bomb and he made the Hulk. So he's like, I want to do some good. So then he talks to S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's like, I want to do all this stuff. I want you guys to give me the facility and resources and all that. And in, in return, you'll get to use a Hulk. Because he, he knows that it's, it's going to be questionable like how much he can control the Hulk. Because, you know, we've seen so many different... 
variations. It's like I never know what what we're gonna get with the Hulk, and I'm sure you know that's that's how they see it. Mm-hmm. But he he's kind of like you'll be able to guide the Hulk to where you need him, which is it's just very interesting because there was a time in the '90s when Hulk was smart when he had Banner's brain, and he was leading this group called the Pantheon, mm-hmm. and and you know he he was the leader of this, this you know they they took on these these big crises. So it's it's kind of cool him back with a team, except this Hulk I don't think is going to be as smart as that Hulk was. So I, I like the idea of Banner trying to actually use his intellect, just like how Dan Slott has made Peter Parker use his intellect. You know, it's like people forget this, and and you know you, you always see Banner just kind of whining. You know, it's like oh I hate the Hulk, and then the Hulk mm-hmm. he turns into Hulk, and then there's like nothing that can be done. So I like the idea that we're actually going to see him do some. Like uh, now recently. Banner was doing more stuff with his like Banner tech and having like a force field around him and you know stuff like that when he's just Banner. So I, I like that idea. Except th- this issue, it was a lot of setup. You know, it was just setting that up, which is good for new readers. You know, they can kind of see that. But I also like um, Linnell Francis Yu's art. I mean, I like that opening scene at the diner. You just see all these people there. I mean, I was just sitting there looking at just all the different people just sitting there walking around, and so I think that's really cool. And we did have some. Hulk's Hulk scenes, you know, not as much as yeah, I would have no, liked. No. And I totally agree with you. I, I wanted more. And that, that, that originally that was going to knock down my rating, but then just thinking about that and just a, a, the dialogue was really great. I mean, I, I love the conversation that the banner was having with, I don't know if we should Maria. say, yeah, I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't sure. Oh, but, sorry. And it, it, <clears throat> well, it's Friday. So, yeah. you know, so, I mean, there are some interesting things and I just really like the idea of where this can go. So, uh, yeah, so that that and and after thinking it over a little bit, that that raised my my review. It's just great art. Um, sunny Sunny Go, its colors were just amazing, mm-hmm. and so I'm just really curious to see where this. And the other weird thing is, like this is such a different book than Mark Wade's Daredevil. Yeah. So I th- I think that's great because I mean Mark Wade he's he's a very diverse writer. I mean when you look at just all the different stuff that that he's done. He can do. And, you know, even, you know, I, I was a you know, big fan of Irredeemable. you can do well because, I mean, sometimes you've got a great writer who's really good at doing one thing. But then when they do something else, it's not as good. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's good all yeah. around. So I, I can't wait to see. Now, Captain America. So Rick Remender. Um, he's, this I really enjoyed. He's, he's taking over Ed Brubaker's epic run. Mm-hmm. I mean, since Brubaker's been on, I mean, that has been... Such a, I mean, I've always loved Captain America. He's always been one of my top characters. And then just what Brubaker's done, you know, bringing Bucky back, killing him off, you know, Winter Soldier, just, I mean, just so many incredible things. And then you get to this, this issue and it's just like, 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 wow, um, this, this is really, really different. And, you know, it's, it's like, I'm trying to, trying to figure out, um, because you know he he's he's not being like like the, the super soldier anymore. He's, yeah. He's I mean the what like the Solis said he's in dimension Z, mm-hmm. and and you see that one if you've seen that one cover which is actually the cover I think to number two mm-hmm. where he's like with this some kid, some kid with a big giant head. Yeah. And he's got like long hair, and it's like, like what's going what the heck on? Is this? So, it seems like they're doing what Fantastic Four might be doing is taking the character. Shoving him off somewhere else so you don't have to worry about continuity, which is kind of good and kind of bad. Yeah, I feel like Reminder likes to do that a lot. 
likes to take them into alternate dimensions. Because, yeah, I mean, like, you did that in X Force just now. It's just going to be weird because Captain America is in Uncanny Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming he's going to, I'm trying, I don't know, but he's not going to be in a new Avengers, I don't think, because that's like the Illuminati roster. The regular Avengers, I'm not sure. I can't even keep track of who's going to be on that. So it's like, is, how long is he going to be in this Dimension Z? Because if, is he there long enough for his hair to grow a bit? I guess. But how, how fast? Like how much time yeah, goes I mean, by? Yeah, that, that's Do that's the know? other question. Is it like minutes? I don't I I don't know. Um, I meant to look up. I don't know if we've ever seen Dimension Z before. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a completely new thing. It's not in our database, or it wasn't. So I don't know if it's something brand new or if it's something that has been touched on before. Because what what Remender wanted to do is kind of like a, a nod back to the seventies when Jack Kirby came back on the book and he did a lot of these kind of weird, fantastical, like big grand adventures. And when I first read it, that, that kind of turned me off a little bit because part of it, I was so used to Cap the Super Spy, you know, with, with all that stuff. But then I was like, like, I was thinking back, it's like, yeah, I remember some of those old stories because that was, that was right before, I, obviously, I started reading because I wasn't reading in the 70s. But, you know, I read the occasional back issue. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that as, as much as I enjoyed Brubaker's run, like deeply rooted with, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that it's like these. This looks like it could be like bigger, grander adventures, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool because we haven't really had Cap as a superhero. It's more more as Cap as a super spy. So this is an opportunity for us to get these big, crazy type adventures. The problem I have, unfortunately, is is the art. Yeah, that Ramita art was not doing it for me. I mean, some people really don't like him. But I, when I looked at some of the, the first few comments, and some people are like, "Like this is a great team. I can't wait." And you know, because Ramita can do big action scenes sometimes. You know, he he can do that, and w- you know, with with the right coloring and everything, you know, it it sometimes looks good. I mentioned like at the beginning when you see a certain person getting smacked around a little bit, it just I don't know. Like sometimes when it's like people get beat up really fast when Ramita's trying to. I mean, in Kick Ass, I mean, Dave got got beat up a lot and mm-hmm. it's it's like their their skulls caving in and you're just seeing just so many like bulging and you know bruising and it's sometimes it, it, it's a little distracting to me and then of course there's like the little kids with the giant heads yeah but that happens here too but and then the, there's like some of the, the 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 people in dimension z they looked a little generic to me you know mm-hmm. they're all like the same big giant teeth and and maybe they're all made from the same mold or whatever so that that could be a reason, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't hate Ramita Junior. Like like some people do. I mean, I, no. I think I like. There are some scenes in this issue that were really really cool that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like when um Cap's fighting the Green Skull, and yeah, I, 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 I that was great. There's some some cool cool parts there. So that it was. I think it was the art that that, that did it for me a little bit. Those those few times where it's just a little too distracting. I mean, it wasn't throughout the whole issue. But, but it was a. I thought it was a solid like issue one. Yeah. Great introduction. Yeah. So it seems like we're 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 getting that in in some of the books, like where we're just kind of thrown in the middle of the action, mm-hmm. and that's okay because you know we we had that in Fantastic Four where they're often doing whatever. Reed Richards, something happens to him, but you can still kind of figure out what's going on. So and, how many how many of the books have done that? Because um, Journey into Mystery did that. Captain America did that. 
um, Deadpool did that too. Yeah, it seems like most of them are doing that, except for the Hulk, sort of, but not really. Not really. Hulk was more set up. I mean, but all of these books, not really Deadpool, I mean, sort of Deadpool, but not really. I mean, all of them are still sort of acknowledging what happened before. So it's mm-hmm. not like it's a complete, like, we're starting over. We don't care what happened before. I mean, like, like with Cap, I mean, he, he's, you know, he's talking to Sharon Carter. So you still have that, you know, they've been hanging out for the longest time in Brubaker's run. So it's like you still have um, that. You still have the Future Foundation in Fantastic Four. I feel like this is a really good example of how you can sort of do a reboot without doing a reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading these books has made me uh, realize how much I, I kind of wish that DC had done that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, instead of changing i mean they've changed a lot yeah. I mean, a lot has is very different now than it was a year ago and and a lot of a lot of it is good but a lot of it is not so good and like the books that have been consistently good and have continued to be great books are books like batman right mm-hmm. where you didn't really stray from continuity and green lanterns and green lantern which people still really really love which you also didn't stray very much from continuity mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think those are like my my top two New 52 books mm-hmm. is, is Batman and Green Lantern. And I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that they maintained that rich history and they didn't really change very much. It could be. Because, um, like, you know, I always talk about Teen Titans. You know, and, and in some ways, I, I can see how that's good for new readers because, you know, you don't have the decades or even, you know, past few years of history. You don't have to worry about that. You can just jump in and, and figure it out. But – the problem, and you know, I, I nitpick about it a lot, is the fact that it's like we don't know what did or didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And you could get to the point where it's like, okay, stop worrying about it. Who cares? Just you know, focus on the story and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but when you see these two characters together on a page, it's like, did you know whatever this story happen or not? And, yeah. You know, it's even you know even with Batman though, we're still like, did did R.I.P. happen? Mm-hmm. You know, because supposedly none of the crises have happened, but. There have been, I think, some. I mean, we know that Dick was Batman for a while, so we have to assume that Batman did die, right? But it, and but was but was Dick Batman? I did. It's been many. Yeah, I, th- I think in a, in a very first issue, he there's there's a like one. So then, one R.I.P. Box. did happen. Something happened. So R.I.P. probably happened. I mean, most of they keep saying that most of the Batman history has happened, but of course, because we're crammed into that five year period. Some things probably didn't happen. I mean, and and you know, there's a little minor, um, you know, Batman fighting the Riddler, you know, whatever. Maybe that that little battle didn't happen. You know, so, so there's probably some things that that did happen, some things that didn't. And it's just, a, I, I guess, it's just a matter of you got to let go and not worry about it and just kind of try to move forward. But it's it's hard when continuity is always such a big thing. Yeah, I mean, comics. Com- I mean, comics are. Are about continuity, right? I mean, that's that's why you become invested in a character mm-hmm. because you spend so much time reading their stories and and becoming familiar with them. And I think that to throw it away is 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 a sort of a cavalier thing to do. It's yeah. not, I don't know. But I think that what Marvel now is doing is is writing stories that are accessible to people who are unfamiliar with these characters without throwing continuity away as mm-hmm. far as we know. Yep. 
right? Yeah, so, I mean, they kept saying it's not a reboot, and it, it's not. It's And it doesn't feel like you, one. You could, whatever happened last month, you could still see those in, things have in, happened. In fact, in Hulk, they reference what just happened, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the Phoenix Five. Yep, yeah. They, so, there was a, a panel flashback. And obviously, and, all the and Cyclops even before stuff. that, like the stuff where he was, he was, you know, on the island. Mm-hmm. So you have direct mention, direct references to those events. Um, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, so I guess you know, that's what Marvel's doing right. Mm-hmm. And what what I find interesting is in like the the last few weeks before all this, it's there's like so many people who were just like, I don't care about Marvel now. There's nothing here to interest me. It's all bleh. But I don't know if it's just people just being negative, you know, because some people just want to be negative about everything. But I, I think, you know, this is kind of exciting. And, and the more I see about this, you know, I like I said, I loved Brubaker's run. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved Hickman's Fantastic Four. I loved Remender's X-Force. And so all, all of those are ending, and which, which is, is a bummer. But I think that Marvel, they know that there's a lot riding on this. You know, they've been making a big deal about this. So by switching these creators around, I mean, for one thing, it's it's good. You don't, as good as a creator may be on a on a book for a long time, you don't want them to become stagnant. And you know, maybe for for them after a while, you know, if they're book on a book for for two years, three years, which is almost unheard of these days, because it seems like. They're switching left and right all the time. Mm-hmm. They may get to the point where it's like, you know, I, I kind of want to do something else. You know, I don't want to get burnt out writing the same character, you know, over and over because you know mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do to, to try to mix it up and before you start repeating yourself. Mm-hmm. So it could be good that they are all switching, and maybe I mean I hope that they're all excited. It's like I get to do this book now, this mm-hmm. character, and then they have to have big grand adventures planned to you know to make it worth all the hype. It's 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 very very interesting to see how it's all all working out, and mm-hmm. I think they've all been been good so far. Yeah. So, except for X Men Legacy. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> but I really didn't I, like that I, very much. I just think I'm missing something. I mean, who knows? And maybe the next issue will be better. Or maybe right? you just have to really like Legion. To, maybe you do. Because I I never did. Um. Yeah. So that's that's all the the Marvel Now books that we had. Um. Let's see other issues that came out this week. Actually, what I'm kind of surprised, just since we don't have all the rest of the comics in front of us at this moment, um, DC put out a 52 omnibus. So the, the the series 52, not new 52, way back, they they put out then then a hardcover. But I thought that didn't happen. <laughs> well, for 150 bucks, they're saying it did happen because you can get the entire. That was the the, the that weekly was that huge the, run where it was, it was weekly fifty two issues. Renee Montoya died, right? I think it was all that. Yeah, um, I get mixed up, so I think that might this might be where Batwoman first appeared. I think it was right. like issue eight. Yeah, yeah, and, that is and, her first appearance. So fifty two. They decided to put out that heart because when I when I first saw it solicited as like fifty two, I, I thought this was like oh, like a collection because of... they they did the new fifty two all the number ones. ones. Mm-hmm. So I was like, they're doing another. And it's like, what are they doing now? Because like, issue can't, zero can't be. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't. Actually, speaking of the issue zeros, um, not really issue zeros, but I guess with the Red Hood and the Outlaws mm-hmm. trade, I haven't seen the actual trade, but they actually, I don't know, I think it starts with issue zero, mm-hmm. and then it goes to issue, I think it was five, and then the issue one. Because issue, issue five is that flashback story with, with Jason and Starfire. Yes. When they first meet, 
And then when you find out that Starfire has an actual personality or, you know, whatever. And, you know, we saw that little flashback with, with uh, Dick and, and Roy. So, yeah, I guess they did that out of order, which, which was interesting. So, um, see, this week they also put out the Batman Judge Dread Collection hardcover. Oh, really? Which I kind of like that. I, I still have the um, – I have one of the, the, the crossovers, like, accessible in my collection. I actually um, just – Last Sunday, I, I set it aside again because I always had to like at the stop at the top top of a stack, and I was gonna like look at it again. But um, it's, it's thirty bucks retail, so that that would be a good one. Um, we had a Catwoman issue this week. Did you review that, Sarah? <laughs> huh. uh, uh, <laughs> Don't know. Um, no. Um. So Nightwing was out with Lady Shiva. Oh yeah. Have to see how that was. We had um, the preview for that last week. Yeah. And there is a Wonder Woman issue this week. Oh, well, I'll be... I, I reviewed that. Yeah. Um, see, IDW... IDW put out... A, speaking of Judge Dredd, which is probably why DC decided to put theirs out, they did a Judge Dredd comic, which I was looking forward to that, but then Matt's like, I really want to review Judge Dredd. So I'm like, okay. And so I did read... There's two stories in there, so I did read the first one today, before you know, while while this is recording. Um, so I was like, "How is this going to be?" Because this is like an American attempt at a Judge Dredd comic. Because you know, there's still 2000 AD is still going going on. Um, it's written by Dwayne Srazinski, who you know he does some good stuff, but I was like, "Is he going to be able to do good Judge Dredd?" And I read the first one because he, he writes both stories. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty good. I actually liked it. I didn't get a chance to read the second one, but there's like a gazillion variant covers for this issue because they they do one of those. There there's a, a cover where Judge Dredd's like busting a door down, and on the door it has like the name of a ton of different comic book stores. Mm-hmm. There's like you know Midtown Comics, um, Forbidden Planet, and it's like so it's like one of those. I think they did that with Godzilla when IDW did. I think it was the first Godzilla. There was a you know, him smashing a comic store. So you could have, you know, re- retailers could get their own variant cover. Mm-hmm. I guess if they wanted to order a certain number. So there's like so many, and in the comic, it's like, collect them all. It's like, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to collect all those. No. So I don't know. I mean, maybe some people, but. I'm curious about the, the new 52. How many people are going to buy all of those variants? Because I, I think um, you, retailers could actually order all of them not just their state. And you know, at the comic conventions, there's going to be people selling complete sets, but I just, I just don't know if it's worth it <laughs> or mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm going to say it's not worth it. I don't want 52 and it's, it, there's more than 52 variants because there's, there's a 52 different covers and then there's going to be the regular cover and probably like a regular variant aside from, you know, all the States. So that's, that's, it's, I think it's getting a little crazy. It's almost like we're going back to the 90s with all the, the crazy covers. Yes, I agree. And someone Pretty soon a- there'll be like like holographic um, uh, slip covers. Yeah, I, I should bring in some of my hologram covers for you to check out. Because there are some cool ones they did. But <laughs> oh, that was the other thing. Um, when they did the, the Fatal Attractions um, crossover in X-Men. So that's like when, when Wolverine lost his... his adamantium and all that they had these green hologram cards on the cover and they're they're, they're good quality um holograms because you know sometimes they're they're pretty bad 
at Long Beach when Scott Lobdell was was you know someone gave him a, a copy to sign, and then he he signed it on the hologram on the card. What? And the kid's like, oh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> and then and he's like, that's fine. And then I I was I was at Scott's table for for a few minutes, and someone else came, and I was like, he's gonna sign on a hologram. He's and the kid's like, I don't care. I don't he can sign wherever he wants. And then, like someone else came, I was like, "He's going to sign on hologram." It's just, I, I, this seems kind of weird. I don't know if I want my hologram signed. <laughs> it's just, if you had one chance to to meet Scott Snyder, and he he said, "Well, I'll sign so this Snyder for you." Snyder or Lobdell? But... You said Snyder. Did you mean Lobdell? Yes. Okay. I thought I said Scott. Anyway, um, if you had one chance to to meet Lobdell. And you were a big fan of his. And he said, I'm only signing this if I can sign on the hologram. Then I guess he'd be like, sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. But it was, it was just kind of funny because that first kid was like, uh, go ahead. And because at that point where he's like, he didn't care. But it's like, I wouldn't want my hologram signed. Uh, let's see. What else did we have this week? Um, clone number one came out. Matt reviewed that. It's, uh, it's another from Kirkman's subline or whatever. Um, I know Image was kind of pushing that, so I'm, I'm not sure. Hopefully I read that by the time this is recording. Um, as far as Marvel, we had Amazing Spider-Man 698, so that's the big one. That's the one that Dan Slott said, if you spoil this issue before it comes out, I will block you forever on <laughs> any and all social media things. And so luckily I have not, by this time when recording, I have not heard any spoilers, and I don't want to. So, um, Daredevil came out this week. Oh. This is a good week for you, Sarah. Daredevil was out. Um, There's also Uncanny X-Force, number 34. That's the last issue, I believe. Oh. Mm. Okay. And there's Wolverine and the X-Men. Didn't that just come out last week? I thought so. Yeah, so 21 is out. Wow, I guess, like, that's everything I, like, this this week was made for me. Yeah. So, um, Iron Man number two came out. Uh, Hawkeye, Deadpool. So good week for comics. Um, see indie stuff. I thought Bravest Warriors number two was supposed to be out. That's that's interesting. Supposedly, if you, you can look it up, there's like an online um, episode mm-hmm. for that. So I haven't had a chance to check that out. All right. So that looks like all I'm seeing. I'm sure there's other big comic stuff that I'm missing. Um, should we go to questions? Sure. Um, I'm getting these other emails. Hang on. Um, yeah. Breaking news, which is not breaking now. Oh, so there's a, a Marvel next big thing. Bendis reveals Age of Ultron. So that happened on Monday, which we knew he was. It was Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So blah blah blah, bunch of stuff. I'm not going to read that now. But yeah, that came out. Nice image. Um, you can't see my screen from back there. There's no screens that show you what I'm looking at. I can put on my glasses. There is a screen. Are, are you seeing? That's how I knew you were checking your email. Well, I got to check the email because that's where the questions come from. Um, so, no, I can't this green. I don't know what you're looking at then, because there's. I'm seeing a big golden Ultron stepping like, and there's a bunch of knocked out heroes. Like he's he's holding Captain America's head in one hand, Iron Man's head in his other. He's like almost stepping on the Hulk, and then in the reflection is Hawkeye with the bow and arrow. 
Oh, what is he going to do? Hopefully he doesn't run out of arrows. Right. So that that's a pretty big, pretty nice image. Um, so that, now what I don't think people realize, so Age of Ultron was supposed to happen like last, this year, like earlier. And it did. Or last year. Because it was in, in the first point one issue, which came out in 2011, mm-hmm. they gave us a tease to that. That's where we saw like 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 Spider-Man and Hawkeye and the city was just like all thrashed and it was supposed to be leading into this. But then it's like Age of Ultron never happened. And also on, on that big giant timeline, it was like in the Iron or Avengers number two mm-hmm. where it showed like all the future events. It was listed on there. But I guess a, in order to accommodate Avengers versus X-Men, they, they put Age of Ultron on hold. So now this is coming out in, was it March? I think it was. Because yeah, cause last week they gave us that, that teaser. Um, it was all in, in binary code. So, very interesting. Um, they've released the first two covers. So, cool. what do you think? Are you excited? you care? Me? Yeah. Age of Ultron? Uh, yeah, only because... I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do since they did talk about it like two years ago, right? Yeah. Um, I just wonder how much had to be tweaked in order, you know, I, like I'm trying to think like what, what has changed in the Marvel Universe aside from there being a bunch of mutants now. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see how it goes. And I also wonder like if they had to, like how much has been because if Brian Hitch is working on this, because I think he's working on it, mm-hmm. I guess I could read that. Um, but you know, he's also has his his series. Yeah, everyone's got superpowers. Whatever at at Image. So this is a ten issue limited series mm-hmm. between March and June. Brian Hitch will be drawing the first five issues. So I want. I just wonder how much of a lead time he's had, and if anything's had to been changed, like any costumes, because like Iron Man's costume is a little different. So they might have had to tweak that. The second five will be drawn by Brandon Peterson and Carlos Pacheco. There will be a very cool reason for the artistic shift. wonder what that could be. Hmm. Maybe reality changes. Who knows? Uh, Brian Bendis knows. You think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so let's go to some questions. It's from Derek Brunel. This is going to sound strange initially, but something I would like to see is a gender-reversed version of the Marvel Universe. I think if it was done seriously instead of just for a joke, it could be a really interesting character study. Um, This was actually done in a couple issues of Superman, Batman, like back in the early run. I remember they they did that before. So there's like some other Earth where everyone was switched. Really? Yeah, because I remember remember to cover there's, there's like... You know, like Superman, Batman were, were were females, and I don't I don't remember what else happened. I think it was like the Jeff Loeb. Um, I think it might have been like issue like twelve or thirteen. So it was like really early. Mm-hmm. So I could be wrong. I don't remember the number. Um, gender is so is so much more important for some character than it is for others. For example, if Cyclops and Kitty Pride were different genders, I don't see it causing any fundamental change in the core traits of those characters. Mm-hmm. Kitty would still retain her personality, and so would Cyclops. But if you take someone like Emma Frost, Sue Storm, Tony Stark, or Gambit, characters whose identities are based so much 
around their gender, traditional gender role, or how members of the opposite sex view them, gender becomes very important. And if changed, you're left wondering who that character would be. Do you think a gender reverse Marvel you could be interesting? What characters do you think would be most different in this reality? And who would you be most interested in seeing? That is a good question. Um, hmm. I think a, there, I'd like to see a, a gender reverse uh, Tony Stark. Well, you kind of have, well, I guess not really. I was going to say Pepper with her no, rescue no. armor. No, I, I, I'm talking beyond the armor. Like going to a club and picking up someone like he does yeah, in Yeah, stuff issue like one. that. Yeah. Being an alcoholic. Like Carol Danvers. I mean, with, with a lot of the characters, you, you kind of do have male and female versions of like everyone. Marvel and you DC. Don't, you don't have one for Tony. I, I'm saying almost everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have like Spider-Man, you have Spider-Woman. You have Hulk, you have She-Hulk. You have... Superman, you have Supergirl. So, like, most of the characters, they, they, they make male and females. I mean, it's just a way to, to broaden the franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Batman, you have Batgirl, Batwoman. But I, yeah, I agree. There is, like, there isn't, like, a, a female Batman that's, just, like, that gritty and, you know, because I wouldn't say Batwoman is on the same level Wait, as Batman. Are, is he restricting it to just Marvel? He said Marvel, but I was just using that as an example. Okay. But, like, uh... Like, even though there's a Spider-Woman, there's been a few different Spider-Womans. They're not the same as, like, a female version of, of Peter Parker. Right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even say Maddie Franklin was. I mean, she was younger, maybe more. Let's see. Uh, then you got May Parker. Could almost be more like, like kind of like Peter. She was in high school and dealing with things. So, I don't know. I, I almost think that a lot of them have been done. Except for like Tony Stark. There's no. How would you describe a female Tony Stark? How would I describe? Yeah. Uh, um. How would you describe Tony Stark? Because he's 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 a little bit sleazy, in a way. Yeah. Or he could be. But see that there is a stereotype. He's, he's arrogant. Um, he's he's a womanizer, so I guess she'd she'd also have to be pretty secure in in her sexuality the way that um, Tony Stark is. But the 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 unfortunate, um, what's the word I just said that I'm looking for? I mean, if 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 there was a female version of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. people would be tearing her apart. I don't necessarily agree. Um, did you ever watch Sex in the City? Uh, unfortunately. So you remember Kim Cattrall's character? Yeah. She was my favorite character because but, I thought she was so she, like she she would be the equivalent of what Tony Stark is in comics. Mm-hmm. Because she is so secure in herself and, you know, whatever. Okay. Um I'm trying to think who I would I'd be most interested in seeing. So you'd like to see a female Tony Stark? Yeah. Uh, equal equal opportunity. I don't know who I'd want. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd have to come back to that. Uh, the second question, Greg Land has become a kind of running joke in comics. I feel like we just talked about him last week. Mm-hmm. I really liked his we D- did. Yeah, I really liked his DC stuff. 
He didn't seem to photo reference that much back then. Have you guys ever seen Greg Land's Nightwing work? One cover in particular of Nightwing in the snow was beautiful. No. I would say, so if, if he did Nightwing, then yeah, I, I did read it. I just don't remember it. So it might have been at the point where I wasn't that focused necessarily. I mean, when they had you know different artists coming in all the time. So I'd have to go back and and, and see what what he did. I'm I'm actually kind of curious now. I don't like if if you said Greg Landrew Nightwing, I I wouldn't have known that. So I'm going to look this up. Hey, there's a picture of Greg Land. Holy cow! He did 15 issues of Nightwing. And let's see, where's the snow one? Oh, I see issue 54. You can't see that on your screen. It's uh, it's it's an okay image. It's hard to see. I mean, there's a lot of white, so you got the snow going there. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, there's this other guy, Tad. I didn't like that guy. He was Knight Dash Wing. He was a, he was a violent guy. Mm. So I I didn't realize. I'm gonna have to go back and look at some of these issues. I didn't didn't realize that Greg Land did these. Very interesting. Um. All right. Third question. Between Magneto and Xavier, do you who do you think is a better father? So we kind of had this a similar father question. Mag- Magneto and Xavier. Ah. Uh, Charles. So this sounds like an easy question because Magneto was a villain, but if you break it down by kid, so Magneto's kid, Anya, Magneto was a great father to her. They had a great relationship, but she died tragically at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that died in the fire when the um townspeople freaked out and tor- tried torching the, the building while um, Anya and, I forget, Magneto's first wife. Mm-hmm. So they died in there. Quicksilver, never had a good relationship, and Magneto has tried to kill him a couple of times. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Scarlet Witch, really made an effort with her when she had her children and when she lost them when she was suffering with mental Ill- illness twice in West Coast Avengers and Excalibur. Polaris, abandoned her at the age of three and mentally manipulated her for the benefit her for benefit but despite this she said he's been really good to her at other points in her life and prior to x-force 243 they had a surprisingly good relationship now xavier it says legion xavier found out about him in teens but even after finding out about his existence he was still an absent father despite legion's severe mental illness up until recently if anyone could have helped legion it was charles xavier so that is a good point. That that's kind of touched on in um, X Men Legacy number one, yeah. Because he was, um, and you know, he mentioned that he was like kept in a coma or whatever, and he was like locked away on on um, Muir Island with mm-hmm. Moira McTaggart. I think. Am I thinking right? Or am yeah, I, th- I or am so. I thinking Proteus? Proteus was Moira's kid, David Haller. He was locked up there. I don't know if Legion was locked up there too. Now I'm. I'm I don't feel like pulling up his page now but yeah so when xavier found out he never really did anything and if he had all these crazy you know whatever millions of not millions but so many different deadly personalities you would think he would be able to get in there it's kind of like what 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 bothers me a little bit about xavier and here's a tangent it's kind of like with with rogue when she first joined he's he's like it's like yeah i'm gonna help you learn how to control your power so you can hold someone's hand without killing them right 
And it wasn't until like recently, I mean, it, it took so many years and I think danger, the, um, the danger room sentient come to life or whatever mm-hmm. had to help him a little bit. And then they finally cured her right. and then she can control her powers. Now. So it's crazy that it took this long when, when he cured her, it was like almost, it was, it was such an easy thing. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with, with Legion is like, could he go in there and I, I think he probably has tried to put like you know psychic blocks or whatever to you know lock things away and keep it straight. But it just it's weird that he never you know he was he was always more focused on on the kids at at school and training the X Men than worrying about his own son. So and then um, Derek brings up Cyclops said he was there for Scott emotionally but lied to him frequently and mentally erased Scott's knowledge of his brother's horrific death. That's true. Since Scott was an orphan, he must have been he adopted manipulated him or lot. fostered by Charles, right? Because yeah, that that was the thing is um, before all new X Men, when Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, uh, when they all came, the X Men were were trapped on Krakoa, the mm-hmm. island. Mm-hmm. So Charles goes to Moira. He's like, "We need we need to rescue the X Men. We need to get someone." And she's like, well, I, you know, I have some kids that are, you know, just developing their powers, but they're not ready. She's like, they're not X-Men. They can't go out there. They'll get killed. And he's like, well, this is from the, the Deadly Genesis um, arc or mm-hmm. miniseries for, for those wondering. I'm spoiling it if you haven't read it yet because it was a while ago. So he, he's like, we, we, need, we need a group of X-Men to save the original X-Men. So he, he mentally trains them. And I, I think it was... It was just like just a few days, but it was like the equivalent of like three months or something like that. Like because since they were in their mind, mm-hmm. you know, he could slow things down. So at the end of this time, they they were supposed to have been prepared. They go to Krakoa and they all basically die. Yeah. And then and and Cyclops is like the only one that, that gets out. So and then when he makes it out, it's like Xavier just erases him. He's like, I I send all these kids to their death, including your brother, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna tell you i'm just gonna make you forget about it and that was like a big falling out between yeah he he did that a lot didn't he just like erase their memory there's other time where he like faked his death and then he's like oh i'm i was just kidding i'm not really dead i was really doing this and just let everyone including you guys think i was dead so he's 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 been kind of skeezy i think he had the hots for jean gray too oh man that's gross because she he he found her when she was like a kid because her best friend got hit by a car, and that's when Jean's powers first developed. And she kind of she her, she was like in her best friend's mind mm-hmm. and like felt her die. So she like kind of experienced all that and like freaked her out. So he he knew her when she was like before she joined the school, mm-hmm. and then supposedly that had something to do with like onslaught and all that because you know that yeah whether he was tainted by trying to manipulate Magneto's mind or something and it poisoned him a little bit and then Onslaught was born, but yeah. So maybe Xavier's not the best dad. Maybe not. He's just a weirdo. <laughs> He's kind of a creep. Yeah. Um, and then Derek says, I asked this question in a poll on CBR. It's the only time I've seen a, a poll split exactly 50-50. Personally, I think they're both crap, but at least with Magneto, I think... <laughs> they're both crap. They're both crap dads. <laughs> No, no Father's Day cards for them. Um, with Magneto, I think he started out as a good father, and occasionally that side of him comes to the surface. Xavier seems like he was a better father figure than actual parent. 
So something you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks like, oh, Charles Xavier, he's he's the best. You know? Interesting. But not really. All right. So thanks, Derek. Um, here's a question from Joe. Says, happy whatever day this is to everyone. Today, I have two questions for you. One, what do you think about the new Spider-Man being supposedly darker? I feel like ever since the 2000s, everything I seem to be trying to to blah, blah, blah. Everything I read seems to be trying to get grittier and darker in an effort to copy Batman. Personally, I don't think that Spider-Man needs to be darker, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh-huh. All right, Sarah Lima. Hmm. You're not the biggest Spider-Man fan. No. You you don't hate him. You just don't like him or you don't care for him. He's just not my favorite. Yeah. I've read some great Spider-Man stories, mm-hmm. but it's not like I, I'm a fan of his character. And what is it about him that you don't like? Um, sometimes. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. No, like I, just... I think sometimes he can be written a, a little annoying. Like he, he can be a little annoying. Kind of like I can be written sometimes. Uh, what? You, I'm sure you find me annoying sometimes. All right, let's make no, this no, about no, no, you. no. I'm, I'm just bringing that up because I'm, um, I'm, I'm so. Sometimes I think he he can his his jokes are kind of irritating and not funny. Um, so that's having said that, I think it would be a mistake to make him darker because that's not who he is. You know why he jokes. All the time, right? Yes, to hide the pain. Well, that's not. That's not all of it. So he he jokes. In the beginning, he 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 was joking because here's this this kid who was like you know super nerd and no confidence. So it was it was kind of like his way to deal with you know kind of like maybe distract himself from like I'm going up against this crazy guy with all these metal arms that can like take my head off if it like hits me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I think there there is part of that, and the other thing is it was also it was meant to be distracting and annoying. So when he's fighting these guys, you know, he's saying all this stuff, and they're probably just like, "Shut up!" And then you know he can hit them upside the head, with, right. but they don't yeah. realize it. But I, I I do think a lot of it is um like if he like when he's been with the Avengers, there's been times where I think it's just like nervous chatter where you know he just needs to say something. And, you know, a lot of times it comes off as annoying, and that's just what he does. I guess that's his coping mechanism or something. Mm-hmm. Now, what – so you don't think a darker Spider-Man is necessary? No. I think that would be a mistake because um, just just because I don't like him, you know, doesn't mean that I I don't appreciate his character and the the place that his character holds in – in the Marvel universe. I think that that's important um, because he's goofy enough, but he's still smart and he still gets the job done. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that that would, that would be a bad, a bad move on Marvel's part because like you said, you know, he, the re the reason he jokes around and can be annoying is because he's trying to cope with the fact that he's been through so much pain Mm-hmm. And he could have just become dark, you know. He his his origin is similar to Batman's in that you know they both lost their parents. They bought they lost people that are important to them, and both are avenging the deaths of those individuals that they lost, and and have become superheroes for that reason. 
but they both dealt with that pain and that loss in very different ways. For Batman, it's like brooding and dark and, you know, in his own head. And for Spider-Man, it's definitely maybe a little in his own head, but um, sort of just lighthearted, trying to forget about all that pain and, and trying to make light of a kind of a dark situation. And also, I mean, he, he blames himself for like what happened to Uncle yeah, well, Ben. Yeah, well, I mean, they both blame themselves, right? Well, I don't think Batman blames himself. Maybe a little bit. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, because I guess. I mean, they went to the movie because he wanted to go. Yeah, and, depending on which story. I mean, yeah. there's been ones where he got scared. Young Bruce got scared and made his, his parents leave. Mm-hmm. So that's why they left early and went out that exit. Um, but, I mean, we have seen some some darker Spider-Man before, like with um, um, Back in Black when Aunt May was shot after Civil, or during Civil War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was his fault in a way. And he just like pissed off. There's like one of, one of my favorite moments when he um, breaks into Rikers Island to confront Kingpin, who mm-hmm. put the hit out on Spider-Man. And he just, he totally embarrasses Kingpin. And there's a point where he's just like slapping him. And, and he was just like so close to just killing him, and you know, so we we saw you know really dark, darker Spider Man there, and we we also kind of have that with with um, Scarlet Spider now with Kane, where he doesn't see himself as a hero, he's slowly becoming more of a hero since he was cured a little bit of some of his his whatever confusion in um, Spider Island, mm-hmm. and you know because he's killed in the past and he's he he probably still would if, if it came to it, but he's trying to be a hero, even though he doesn't really want to be a superhero. So we kind of have that. So I don't, I mean, and I don't know if necessarily um, superior Spider-Man is supposed to be darker. I haven't heard that. I mean, whether there's been interviews or anything about that, I haven't seen that. Um, I've just seen like the first few covers for the series. So I really don't know anything about it. Um, maybe at this point with, Amazing Spider-Man 698. I don't know if that will give us any clues or if that's just totally unrelated to um, leading into Superior Spider-Man. But yeah, I don't want a, a darker Spider-Man because we, we need some of the, the lighter. There's nothing wrong with having lighthearted action. Because um, I like like Daredevil. Well, how would you classify Daredevil? I'm trying to think if that's light or dark. No, he's just sarcastic. I mean, but there's some dark things. Like when... You know, no, he's a lot darker and more mysterious. My my dad's remains are in my desk drawer. Or someone's messing with his memory, <laughs> and my my crazy wife is somehow in my apartment now. But then she's not, and so that that's a little dark, and with like foggy hating on him. But I wouldn't say that's gritty dark. And and Daredevil has gotten gritty in the past, but I'm trying to think like what what comic is really fun and lighthearted. Deadpool. Yeah, but there's a lot of killing and stuff. I guess it's it's lighthearted in a way, but it's lighthearted killing, Tony. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's officers lighthearted killing. No, I I don't know. Um, I know there's there's other stuff. I'm I'm totally blanking like usual. But hopefully, Spider-Man's not going to get darker. And I just have to believe since Dan Slott is still going to be writing it, I don't see it. Hopefully, necessarily going unless. Editorial is like, we want a darker Spider-Man now. I mean, there, there's got to be some reason why Peter Parker is not going to be Spider-Man anymore and whoever this new person is. 
So I guess we'll have to find out. Um, I think that's in January when the first issue comes out. So we'll have to wait a couple months. All right, uh, second question from Joe. One of my favorite aspects of the Teen Titans TV series was a character, Red X. Given that what Jason Todd was saying is true, do you think that Jason's sibling could have the potential to become Red X? Did you ever watch uh, the Teen Titans series? I did not. I have not seen all of them. I There's four seasons plus uh, Showdown in Tokyo, I think, um, animated movie. I, I have them all on DVD, but I haven't seen them. All. So there is this character, Red X, and I don't think they ever revealed who it was. It's like, you know, whether it was Red Hood or, you know, because um, I'm, try- I'm trying to think. I don't think they ever fully, I could be totally wrong here. I don't think they ever really made it clear if that Robin was Dick Grayson. I think you kind of assume it was, but mm-hmm. but there is like, I think some aspects, sometimes it kind of felt a little Tim Drake-ish. So there is always a question of who Red X was. Um, Joe says, I came to this speculation with the popular fan theory surrounding Red X being Jason Todd, and it would also follow a similar motif of Jason being Red Hood in the comics. Um, so I'm assuming Joe is talking about Red Hood and the Outlaws number zero, where we see that Jason's mom was pregnant when their their uh, father yes. was taken away. So it's like, does that mean Jason had a sibling? I mean, mm-hmm. some people are like, like, oh, she just gained some weight. But it's like, no, it, it looked like she was pregnant. She's clearly pregnant. So um, it'd be interesting. I don't, I don't know if they would bring in Red X. I'm probably going to say Scott Lobdell probably would not bring in Red X. Because I, I would question if Scott Lobdell watched the Teen Titans animated series. Because when it was on, you know, he wasn't writing Teen Titans unless he caught up on the, the episodes and said, hey, that's a good idea. Or if someone said, hey, bring Red X into the comics. So I, I just, I don't know when. I mean, I would think maybe we'll see something about his siblings soon. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Also, side note on Wolverine and the X-Men. Wolverine and his staff can spend as much money as they want because back in issue seven, it was revealed that Krakoa could make diamonds the size of grapefruits anytime he wants. Although I'm pretty sure that this would be completely, this would completely destabilize the world economy. <laughs> so yeah, they. I think since Wolverine's a noble guy, he would not try to go that route mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, Krakoa, make me a diamond." Cause then, and people might be wondering like where Wolverine's getting all these. Like, where do you sell a diamond? Um, I mean, like all of a sudden, Sarah Lima, you got a big giant diamond. What are you gonna do with it? Put on Craigslist, eBay. Try to go to some diamond uh, gem place. Yeah, probably. Probably go to like a not a jewelry store, but like a I don't I don't know. I don't I have no idea. So that, that's the thing. It's like I mean, I'm sure Wolverine would know because he knows everything. He's been everywhere. But then the other thing is like you're not going to get what it's worth. It's like if if you have a comic book that's worth. $200, you can't go to a comic store and say, hey, give me $200 for this. Yeah. Because, you know, they're going to want to make a profit. Sure. So, I don't know. But I, I seem to recall there being, like, issues over money for them, like, trying to... I think they're they're complaining how Wolverine's never there and, you know, he doesn't even care about balancing the budget and all that. I don't know if Kitty was complaining about it or, or Beast, but I don't know. All right, next, another question from Derek. So this was from a couple days ago. 
He says, second email this week. I thought it would be okay as you're recording earlier this week. Less time for people to send in questions. Mm -hmm. So that shows Derek is paying attention to our podcast when we mentioned that last week. That we would be recording earlier. All you other people who have not sent one or sent one today, which is Friday for you guys, you'll have to wait till next week to Mm -hmm. get yours yours answered. Um, So Derek reread Blood Ties recently, the 90s X-Men Avengers crossover. Mm -hmm. If you don't remember... Jenny Ransom, she was a Chris Claremont creation. I, I, yeah, I remember this character. Um, she was the fiance of the son of Dr. Moreau, different one, the man who made mutants into slaves in Genosha. Mm-hmm. When it was revealed that her own father had faked her gene test results, she was kidnapped from Australia, returned to Genosha, and lost all of her human rights and was forced into slavery. So um, for people who aren't familiar with Genosha, it was an island and basically – the mutants were their slaves, and I think they were actually put in these costumes that they couldn't take off, like these bodysuits. So it's like, I was wondering, it's like, how do you go to the bathroom in there? How do you yeah. get, unless it's like some unstable molecule stuff that I don't even want to think about, like the grit that would get stuck <laughs> under there. I, maybe I'm just totally wrong where they couldn't take the costumes off. Because I remember, like, she got put in one of those costumes. Um, she was saved by the Australian X Men. So that's probably um, Psylocke, Storm, Havoc. Dazzler, Wolverine, Colossus, Longshot. Mm-hmm. I think it was that that run. Um, like Mark Silvestri, right right before Jim Lee came on. After that point, she and her human fiance Philip started an uphill battle to get equal rights for mutants in Genosha. During Blood Ties, she spent t- I don't know where this this is going with. But I'm just in, enjoying <laughs> re- reminiscing about all this. She spent time with Charles Xavier and found out that he was a mutant. Far from impressed, she said this to him at the end of the story. Quote, but then your rep for honesty seems equally exaggerated. You made a pretty speech to the mutates, sir, about morality and brotherhood to people who've suffered greatly because of who they are. I just wonder, how can you preach to, this is like the hate on Charles Xavier Day. Mm-hmm. How can you preach to others while you hide the fact that you're a mutant from the world? There's a word uh-huh. for that, hypocrisy. Uh-huh. So it says, I can't help but think she has a point. Even Charles did. What do you think? Was Charles Xavier a hypocrite? He was never on the front lines like his X-Men. Mm-hmm. He would come out of, he never would come out of the, the mutant closet unless Cassandra Nova pushed him. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't, he would still, would he still be preaching to others about the importance of honesty and tolerance, all the while keeping secret after secret? He was a pretty big hypocrite, huh? He was. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I fully agree with this because I remember in some of the early issues, he. I mean, he was a, a mutant activist. And some people knew he was a mutant, but then I wonder if he just like erased their memory. Like he had connections with like some some government people. And like that's how um, he tried recruiting Wolverine. You know, he went up to Weapon X or whatever. And there was like some some contact guy they talked to, but then maybe he just erased his memory, so the guy didn't know that Xavier was a mutant. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. And and yeah, it is kind of weird. Like the first issue is like Magneto's threatening this this um. It's like I don't know if it's like our, our army base or something like that, and there's like missiles or something like that. So he sends the X Men out on their first mission against Magneto, one of the most powerful mutants. And I don't think it, he went out there. He just like I'll I'll be he at the mansion. It? I don't. I don't know if he was actually there. Maybe he's he he sat in a limo while they went and, and just deal with that. And there's like army guys and Magneto throwing tanks at him or whatever. 
He's that's like, all right, pretty, that's pretty messed up. All right, my X Men, go go defeat the evil mutant, and I'll be back here and heat up the hot cocoa when you get back. That's pretty messed up. Where a lot of these times, I mean, so sure, Magneto had his helmet that could block Xavier's telepathy, but a lot of the other battles, he could have just gone out there and said, "Okay, X Men, I got this." You sit there and then just like zap him and you know mind wipe him or put him in, you know, make him a vegetable, and end the story. And villain defeated. So I don't know, unless. He just felt that by him staying out of it, he's making them stronger X-Men. No, no, no. By saying, I'm going to let you guys, I'm not going to step in. You guys can do this. No, it's going to be a challenge. He's a big sissy. <laughs> Xavier's a jerk. Um, so, second question from Derek. Curious, Tony, do you let your daughter play with those expensive collectibles you buy? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think. Um, like, I have a bunch of stuff. I just went on like a Instagram um, kind of spree. Cause I, I have like, I think I have all of the, the Batman hush figures. Oh really? They're still sealed. Including Jason's. Yeah. I have the, the Jason was a, um, was a wizard toy fair variant. So I, I can, I have a picture. I'll show you later on my cool. phone. And cause they, they had the hush figure and then mm-hmm. the variant was basically the same hush except in the, the emblem was different on his chest and he had Jason Todd's and he had that little bit of uh, gray hair and the domino mask. So I still have those. Those are like actually in, in my, my closet. So I see that, that that's how this whole thing started where I, I see Jason and hush all the time. And it's like, I want to open those figures so badly. And then, so I just, I'm here's another tangent here. So anyways, I, I just started taking pictures of like all of the hush figures. Cause I have like Catwoman, Riddler, Rachel Ghoul, Alfred, I have all, all of them still sealed, but I have a, like other stuff that are like packed away. I've opened stuff and given it to my daughters. Like here you go, and and she's had them. Well, she had a uh, she doesn't really um, play with them now, but she had some of the she was given some of the the Disney princesses like Barbie type dolls. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any Barbies, but she has like she had Belle and and Jasmine, your favorite, and yeah, my um, favorite, and like. Um, she had, and I think it, she, I think she had Ariel, so she had all all these girls, but she's like she didn't have any 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 boys, and you know they don't they make a couple out of princes, but then I was like, well I have this Scarlet Scarlet Spider twelve inch figure, I was like he's a boy, she's like okay, so she she used him. Then I also had another, she needs she needs them to go on dates. That's why. <laughs> not not back then, um, and I also gave her. Another Ben Riley twelve inch figure it was in his Spider Man costume, which was you know the, the red and blue with the web shooters on the outside. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like when when I had the some of the, the Legos, like the Avengers Legos or the Batman Legos, I let her play with them, and you know some pieces got knocked off and it would just go back on. I'm trying to think if there's anything like really expensive, but yeah. Um, if it's open, it doesn't matter. Cause it's like at the point where, you know, I'm not going to keep everything forever. There's still some things like, like the hush figures. I don't know if I'm going to open those. I mean, maybe someday, maybe I just should, but, and it's, it's not like, I mean, she's not always into like playing with, with toys. I mean, she does a lot of reading, mm-hmm. which is good, but yeah. The other, the other day I felt bad. She was, she was playing in a room and then I had, I think it was like Superman Family Adventures, um, Adventure Time, and a Scooby Doo comic that were sitting on my desk. I was like, "Here you go!" And then she stopped playing to read. 
So it's like, should I have not given her the comic so she could keep playing? Or should I let her read? No, so it's, it's like, fine. Yeah. But yeah, I... Um, and then she knows, like I, you know, I have like some statues on display, and she she knows not to touch. Not those. to touch those. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, she'll ask. She's like, "Can I see that one?" And then you know, I'll. She can easily get it herself, but she, you know, she knows not to just get it herself. All right. Uh, then we have a question from Mitch. Hey, Tony, Sarah, whoever else is sitting around, we should bring in some people from outside. <laughs> accounting people or marketing people or whatever yeah, out here. Let's do that. I always wonder what they think when they we walk in here. Um, uh, I saw the preview for Iron Man 3 at the new 007. Um, so I'm assuming this is the same trailer that has been released. Yeah. So I have still not seen Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the Iron Patriot uniform and I got excited for a Dark Rain story arc. Turns out it's not Osborne. Sony has the rights anyways. They are just using the costume for more War Machine. Am I right? I believe so. Um, needless to say, I am n- not excited anymore. What do you all think? Well, I, I don't know. It, it, it looks pretty cool, I think. I, I'm still excited. Because then he says, couldn't they have had the Iron Patriot always in costume and never actually say it's Green Goblin? I could ramble on about this for a while, but your thoughts. I don't, I don't think you could do that in the, in the movie. I think there'd be too much. I mean, because the whole way that Osborne got the costume, it was after Secret Invasion when he took over S.H.I.E.L.D. and turned into Hammer. And Tony Stark was kind of ousted as, as a commander of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. And then he got his hands on some of the armor and decided to use it for himself and repainted it. I just I just think there'd be there's too much backstory there to mm-hmm. explain all that between if this is happening after the Avengers, which kind of seems like um, I'm assuming this is happening shortly after Avengers. Um, so this just makes sense. It's like whatever reason, you know, Rhodey is still working for the government and then they decide, hey, let's make this suit. We're going to paint it, make it more patriotic blah 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 and then that's where it came from unless there's someone else in there but I'm, hmm. as far as i know it's roadie and in, in yeah no i think it is too but yeah i mean because we those images first came out like the spy images and it's like holy crap how are they gonna have iron patriot that doesn't make any sense so i just as much as i'd like to see it i i think there'd be too much to try to explain i mean there, there could be people who have seen iron man one and two and avengers Maybe they don't know who, who Norman Osborn is. I mean, they should. If, I mean, chances are they probably have seen the other Spider-Man movies, but it's possible they haven't. And then they, I, I think it'd be too much to try to do that to appease comic fans and then have it make sense to all the other people who are going to be buying tickets. So, Sorry. All right, that's all the email ones I have. But we still have... Questions from the forums. So this is from the Cyan Lantern. So so it seems like the Ant-Man movie has either not started casting or no names are sticking. With Mm -hmm. production estimated to start January 2013, it is odd no actors' names have been thrown around. 
To the comic community, this process should be important to us. And every time a movie does come out, you guys usually spend some time expressing opinion on the actor's performance. So I do think it's, 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 this is a big deal. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about it. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Ant-Man movie and actors. and I don't know how I feel about an Ant-Man movie because I've never been a big fan of a character. So I don't know. I think because the general public, again, the movie people, the people go to movies, they probably won't know who Ant-Man is, even though he was one of the original Avengers. So I think this is a case where you need someone that's kind of known in order to sell the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause like with Iron Man, you know, Iron Man has had some animated series, you know, there was that force work show. And I think there's an even Iron Man um, animated series. So you, you could kind of make it where, okay, people might remember the name Iron Man. So they might go see it. And then it also had Robert Downey Jr. And all the other people. So people would go see that movie. You take someone called Ant-Man. I think if, if someone had no idea that there was, you know, this was created in like 1963 or whatever, they would probably laugh at you if you told them, hey, there's this movie about this guy. He turns really small and he talks to ants and he can ride on the back of flying ants mm-hmm. and he can make ants, you know, an Don't army you think of this ants. sounds like it'd be a great Pixar movie? Exactly. I mean, it, there's Bugs Life and, and, and Ant Bully or, um, and there's even a movie, Ants, I think, Z, with a Z. So it, it seems, and and that I, th- I think a lot of people said that in the beginning too, when when Marvel or when Disney first bought Marvel, they're like, make it a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. So I I think, even though Ant Man could be a cool character, and if we're talking about Hank Pym, you know there there's there's so much that so many doors that that could open into like the next Avengers movie. I want like I want to see Ultron in Avengers too, because if if Thanos is going to be the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, which we that's not confirmed. I'd like to see Ultron, especially if Ultron War or Age of Ultron, whatever it's going to be called, if that's coming up, I'd like to see Hank Pym introduced so we can get to Ultron. So this could be an important movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but even if, if you hint at that, try to make people realize this is going to be tied to the other Marvel movies, I don't think people are going to be like gung-ho, I want to go see Ant-Man. I don't think they're going to be rushing out to see it unless you get some good actor that people like. So I don't know. Um, and I, I, I think the same thing for, who would you cast as Ant-Man? Oh, that's, that's would be tough because I mean, if we're talking about Hank Pym, um, and he's not going to be a founding member of the Avengers, you'd want someone, I guess you, you'd want to keep him kind of young because you don't want someone really old that, you know, younger viewers w- won't care about. So it probably have to be someone, I would have to say like maybe in their thirties. Cause you know, this is a smart, supposed to be a smart dude, scientist guy. So he probably wouldn't go too far into the young twenties. Um, and if we want to go hang someone blonde, I don't even know. It's like, I, I think I need a list, like all good actors. How about Ryan Reynolds? No, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think Hank's always been kind of like a square. You, know, I, I you think, don't think Ryan can play a, a square? No, he has. He's he's done the nerdy roles before, but I just think Ryan Reynolds. He's he's got he's done too many other comic book characters. It's 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 getting to be too many. Because um, you know he, he should play everyone. He could. Um, him and and Chris Evans. 
It's like they're 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 they've done so many different roles. Yeah, they have. Um, I don't know who who I'd want. Um, but here's a question: um, If you were a casting agency, whom? Okay, we already started about this. Whom would you cast? We know the characters confirm are Hank Pym and Scott Lang. I didn't know that was confirmed. And let's assume Janet will be involved too. That said, here are the guidelines. Tony casts Hank, Sarah casts Janet, and Corey... Who isn't here. ...casts Scott. If Corey's not around, then James. James is never here. Um, and then James says, since you are in the, of the film industry, analyze your decisions. Um, so you, you have to cast Janet. Uh, Ava Longoria. Okay. Um, see, because that, that's, that's the other thing. If, if you're going to cast her... You need someone to play opposite her. Um, who would be a good potential love interest? Because how old is she now? How old is Ava Longoria? Yeah. Why? Uh, if if you, you want someone to play opposite her, they need to be around the same age. So, I, again, I, I'm assuming it's like early 30s, late 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know, man. I, I would... See, that's the thing. If you're a casting director or whatever, you people like submit their 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 headshots or whatever to you. I guess in some cases you seek out the people and try to offer them roles, trying to get them to do it. Oh. That'd be tough. I guess I fail at this. Um All right. Um Cyan Lantern has some choices. He says, here are my choices. Don't read them out loud yet. Don't want to influence the vote. But I guess we're, we're out. I, I failed. I don't know who I would cast as, as Hank. Because, you know, part of me wants to say cast an unknown. But on the other hand, you need someone that is known for that argument that I said. Right. So Cyan Lantern says, for Hank Pym, Ewan McGregor. I, I love Ewan McGregor. I don't know about him as Hank Pym. Um, How come? I think. I think he'd actually be pretty good. He might be. Um, unfortunately, Ewan's not getting any younger. He's still very youthful. He can play the role. So, Cyan Lantern says he is not a stranger to big blockbuster movies. He's old enough to assume a mentor role and can pull off the lab geek. Plus, he has range in case they make Hank the abusive spouse. I don't know. I mean, I guess the the other thing is if Scott Lang is going to be in there, mm-hmm. I guess the, the question is, are we going to have an older Hank as in a mentor role as Cyan Lantern says? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because I, I guess I'm saying if, if it's going to be an Ant-Man movie, it should be Hank. But if they're saying maybe he was already Hank Pym or he was already Hank Pym, he was already Ant-Man and now Scott Lang's going to be Ant-Man and that lets Hank possibly giant man or yellow jacket or whoever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But then cyan lantern says for Janet, he would cast Olivia Munn. She's too tall. He says it can be argued since Janet and Hank split, she grew into herself and started having fun. Olivia has a short hair, fun personality and could be foreseeably romantically attached to Ewan. Plus she brings diversity to the much needed Avengers team. If, she were to join. I don't know. 
I think you and McGregor might be too good of an actor for Olivia Munn. I finally saw Magic Mike with Olivia Munn. Yeah. Not not really impressed. I mean, it wasn't much of a role, I guess, for her. Well, she's not in it very much. No. But I thought she was good in it. I was like, eh. I, I, but she plays herself, really. I, like you don't. If she wasn't, if that role wasn't in a movie, I guess it did serve a purpose. But I, I think anyone could have done that role. Sure. And it was just it was not memorable, which whatever. I thought that other girl was really annoying, though. The sister. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The blonde girl. Yeah. She was terrible. She's protective of her brother. Um, Scott Lang says Alex Pettifer, who. Was also in Magic Mike, I guess, because um, I he, Cyan Lantern says I am number four because I remember looking at this guy. He kind of looked like Aston Kutcher. I was like, who is this guy? Because he had a big role in the movie, and so I, I looked him up on IMDb, and he was in this I am number four, which I never saw. That was that that movie where he was like an alien or superpowers or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, know what I'm talking about. Probably nope. better that you don't. Nope. Um, I it's some some actress from glee was also in that movie oh yeah i remember so um uh diana aren't yeah Arvin or i think so yeah something like so that, that movie i am number four because i remember there being a lot of commercials for that but i've not seen that so cyan lantern says him for scott lang he is no rookie to action movies i did not realize that i didn't know he was in it oh i guess that if, i am number four if there's action there not only that he's yet a big name just like chris hemsworth before thor younger than ewan and can pull off having a five-year, five-year less Cassie. I don't know what that means. Um, five-year-old daughter. So I don't. But they they got to get going on that. Um, yeah. I I think because it's Ant Man. No disrespect to the character, but for people walking out the street in front of a theater looking at movie posters and sees Ant Man, they might be like, "What the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, it's it's different than Spider Man because everyone knows who Spider Man is. But when you get like Ant Man, people are gonna be like, "What? What are you doing now? You're making stuff up." Mm-hmm. So they, they, I think they really need to cast the right people to make that. happen. I agree. Lumberjack the Ripper. This was his first post. Oh, congratulations on yeah. your first post! Um, big time fan, first time poster. I, I like when you get these when when they're they're. they're they, they, it's like they make an account just to ask a question. So I think that's, that's great that we finally got him to do it, to make, make the, the move. Anyways, as always, I love the show, and I hope I get beginner's luck and make the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> um, says, I will limit my question to one per person, and this is like a gigantic post. But that's okay because we don't have much of an agenda today. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, ladies first, Corey. Okay, just kidding. Corey's not here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sarah, my wife is learning to live with the fact that she is married to a 30-year-old nerdy guy who still reads comics. Nothing wrong with that. Um, the thing is, every nerdy thing I like and get her to try, she falls in love with. See? For, for example, if I watch The Walking Dead without her, I will become a dead man walking. <laughs> I have tried my hardest to get her to read comics, but my attempts never work. I started out by trying to get her to read Mouse. She seemed to like it, read it for about 20 minutes, and then put it down and never pick it up again. My second attempt is Saga. Okay, time out. How good is Saga? I mean, seriously. Anyway, when I was reading Saga, all I could think is this is perfect for her. Then I come across the robot porno scene. Oh, boy. That's like 
issue one. The really gross? Oh, no, not last issue? No, no, no. no not, uh, something that different. That was the alien. I haven't been reading Saga, so. Um, I think it was the first issue. There's these, these, like, they have, like, TVs for heads, and they're, yeah, doing some things. Oh, that's um, cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, was that... Is that a bad choice of words? No. Um, shortly after that scene, I get to the part where the will went to Sextillion, and now I'm not sure if the comic book version of Romeo and Juliet will impress her like I hope. Anyway, I agreed to go to the new Twilight movie with her, and I will not complain at all as long as she reads and has a 15-minute conversation about Saga with me. See, there are two things that you need to understand about marriage. First, marriage is all about compromise. Exactly. So I think he's telling you this, sir. Oh well, this is this is to you. Oh, he's like telling I me. I don't know. Okay. Unless he's just saying in general. Second, marriage is all about doing what your wife tells you. Sarah, my question is, what would you recommend for me to have my wife read so she will fall in love with comics? My thought, besides Saga, is Spider-Man Blue, but I am not a lady, nor do I understand ladies. I need your help, Sarah. Uh-huh. I should note she understands that. All the Twilight movies are terrible, and Kristen Stewart can't act at all. But she still watched them. Please, Sarah, help me convert my wife into a comic book fan. Please, Sarah, you're my only hope. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he gave me enough information about what his wife likes, except for Twilight. But then he finished it up with saying by saying that he he doesn't think she he she actually enjoys it. So it's hard for me to say, tell her to read this Um, because there are lots of books that I think girls would like, like Batman. Girls love Batman, you know, and you wouldn't say, oh, hey, just because you're a girl, you will enjoy this. But having said that, uh, maybe get her to try. I mean, what, what did he suggest? Daredevil Blue? Spider-Man Blue. Spider-Man Blue. That's one you read recently? Yeah, that's a good one, actually. I liked it a lot. Um, You liked it it a lot for not really liking Spider-Man? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Plus, it's Tim Sale, and I like Tim Sale a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, So, you can't go wrong with fables, right? Like, if you're a lady. Or a guy. Or a guy. But I think think girls really like fables because they're based on fairy tales. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and there's princesses in it, but they're not... They're not your normal princesses. Nope. Um, I would say Wonder Woman, except that a lot of girls I know don't like Wonder Woman. Like, they they feel like they can't read it. Um, hmm. But if you're going to, if you're going to suggest Spider-Man Blue, then get her to read, or Catwoman, Brubaker's Catwoman series is really good. Um, the first volume was uh, Darwin Cook and Brubaker. And then there's also the one in Rome that you could get in trade. That's Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Um, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what she likes and what she's interested in, and then I'll give you a better idea of what um, what I think she'd like. Also... Um, you can PM me if you don't want to, like, you know, do this again. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, there could be other people that would want to know. I, I, I think um, it seems like a lot of Vertigo books women like. And I'm not trying to – I don't know if that's a generalization or uh, 
people are gonna get upset that I say something like that. But like Sandman, I think even though it's it's not ongoing, I, I think that would be a book that that both sexes would enjoy. Um, but a lot of the the Vertigo books, they they because they're mature, they're not as immature, I guess, in in the sense that you know regular comics, and by regular I mean like the regular Marvel and DC. You know, it's it's superheroes, it's tights, it's it you know stuff like that, superpowers. But I think when you go with some of the, the other books, or maybe even some of the image books, I think there could be stuff there. I mean, if she's liking the Walking Dead show. What about the Walking Dead comic? Yeah. And and if if she has an interest in superheroes, maybe try Invincible because you know that's a little separate from like if you just say start reading Batman, and then you know you got to know a lot that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just and just whatever you're reading. Tony answering my question for me. I don't know. I'm just saying. But then on the other other, I don't know if if you're like the typical female person, Sarah, because you do have an interest in in comics. And if what did he say? She tried. Did he say he tried giving her something? No. Because it might be that maybe. Well, she Well, I mean, that's why I said maybe he can give me some idea as as to like what what she does enjoy because I do like comics and i do like superhero comics but a lot of people a lot of women don't like superhero comics like my wife depends like my wife i don't think she'd she'd care to read spider-man blue (laughs) and (laughs) that's yeah um then tony and Corey or james are you here for this episode no no then tony and Corey, i'm getting carpal tunnel from typing so much so you two get the same question let's pretend the agency in the failed tv show heroes is real the rules are one of you non-powered and one of them superheroes. You two are both working for the agency and are the non-powered. Any comic book hero is your partner. Who would you choose? Um, so if, if I get this right. So in Heroes, if you're thinking back to that, because I've tried blocking out a lot of it, they they had an agent that would team up with a, a superpowered one and they'd go in and do their things and hunt down the other superpowered people. So I, I guess the question is, if I was a non-powered agent, what superhero would I want to be partnered with? And you want to be partnered with someone that's going to have your back. So I guess it would make sense someone like Superman that could do anything or... Maybe someone like Spider-Man, someone who's intelligent but has spider sense and is, like, super strong. So I, I, I think I'd go with one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, part two, who is a villain you want to pursue in your first story arc and why? Um, see, that's the thing. I'm not going to pick, like, the deadliest villain. Like, I'm not going to say, I want to go, go, go take down Darkseid because that could be crazy. We'll leave that to whoever's partnered with Superman. And they say, okay, go ahead, Superman. I'll, I'll sit back here and, and, and hold your cape so it doesn't get wrinkled. Um, as if you were to ask me, I would take Jonah Hex because he has proved an all-star that even if I became addicted to opiates, I would still be able to feel safe <laughs> and not worry about dying. Also, I think I would go after the blob because if we saw him and he tried to run, I'm pretty sure I could catch him. Also, does anyone think, anyone else think blob should make an appearance in next time Discovery Channel has Shark Week. Am <laughs> I right? Sarah has to agree with me. 
Um, but see, the thing is, Jonah Hex is not super powered. Yeah, but he's awesome. He's super awesome. But then you could say, like, I'd want to be partnered with Batman because he could do anything. I don't know. Anyways, love you guys. Love the show. And I hope I make the cut. You did. If I do, I promise I'll keep the questions to one per person. You will hear from me again. Deuces. No, send as many questions as you want. Well, then we could get one with, like, 29 questions. Well, there you go. Fills an entire podcast. Yeah. And then we run out of time. And I get mad. <laughs> Comic Sean says, hello, Comic Vine crew. And no one. Um, same rules as last week. Don't read the parentheses if James isn't there. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot I don't read. Man, see, that's the problem. There's, like, so many questions. Like, are these ever going to get asked? Um, Maybe we should start a petition and have everyone, like, join Twitter and be like, James, when are you going on the next podcast because the only reason he's not here is because of himself. Yeah, I'm I'm so. I and I I I told you Sarah, I'm not asking James anymore if yeah. he's coming on cuz last time I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to call him out. I I asked him, he never got back to me. And I understand he's busy. I respect that. If he has deadlines or anything coming up, I've always told him it's like I don't want you to jeopardize your work to come on our show cuz what he does should come first. But I'm not going to ask him anymore. He he can come if he wants. But if he's not going to answer when I ask him, I'm not going to ask him. Hmm. So think of that, James. Who, yeah. You're probably not even listening. Probably not. Duty head. See, I can say that. He'll never know. Nope. Unless someone, hey, James, nobody said this. Um, okay, so I skipped this whole paragraph. Sorry that you had to type all that. Um, For the last month or two, I've been constantly waiting and editing my pull list, and I'm going to do the unthinkable. I'm going to cancel Batman after death of the family. No reaction over there? Why? I don't deny that Scott Snyder's work is nothing less than epic, but I feel that the ride has been too long and I'm just too tired. From mm. Black Mirror till now, it, it's been great, but I want to know, have any of you thought about this, that you just want a break from this relentless journey? Um, no, because I, I mean, we've had three different story arcs, so I don't understand. Yeah, I mean... I mean, this is a different. This is going to be a different story than the Black Mirror was, and this is going to be different than um, the Court of Owls. Because we also had Court of Owls, Night of Owls. So even though it was all kind of one story, it was sort of almost broken into two. And we have this, and then after this, it's going to be. It's not like a big major arc. Is it too dark? Is that what he's saying? I think he, he's saying that um, he's saying. The ride has been too long and I'm just too tired because, you know, Scott's been doing these big, long story arcs, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, I, I get that if, if you don't want these big, long stories, you know, maybe you just want a four issue arc or maybe just like a two issue or one issue. But I think we're we're getting that after um, Death of the Family. It's going to be like maybe like two or three issues are, you know, it's like more contained. But on the other hand, I kind of see that. Night of the Owls, you know, even though you didn't have to read all the other Bat titles, it did kind of cross over. And same thing with Death of the Family. You don't have to read them all, but it's kind of going into all that. So I don't know, but I I wouldn't want to give that up. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the other Batman titles. You know, I'm, not, I, I'm not crazy about them. Yeah, I mean, like I've always said, you know, there, there's some good ones and there, the other ones are getting better. But I'm, I'm, I, I love all this. I, I want big epic stories because mm-hmm. we don't get that that often. No. And it's it's not like the Chris Claremont X-Men days, which I did love, 
where you know you'd get these plot lines that would go for years before they got readdressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he asked, "What can I replace Batman with? How about Batman?" <laughs> um, he says, "I was thinking of Uncanny Avengers because of Sunfire or Justice League of America." Um, Uncanny Avengers, even though it's Rick Remender, I it, I think it's too early to to make a judgment on that. The first issue was good; it wasn't great. I mean, it, it could have been one of those situations where it's just set up. Um, having to delay is unfortunate. If they're going to get have John Cassidy in the book, you know, maybe they shouldn't make it, you know, biweekly. Uh, having nine people on the teams that could be interesting, but I don't know. So I, I, I really think it's going to depend on what happens in the next few issues. Um, Justice League of America, mm. that could be interesting. I have no idea still this team and how it's going to work since a lot of them are questionable as to, you know, how they're going to work together and what their motives are and, you know, are they being blackmailed onto the team? And I always think that goes along with if you're reading Justice League, then yeah, it makes sense you'd want to read Justice League of America. But if you're not reading Justice League, I don't know if you'd want to read that. So um, it's, it's hard and it's hard to say because with, with Uncanny Avengers, I just feel like there's, there's like a big unknown as to where the series is, is going to go. Yeah. But Justice League of America, you can maybe figure it out since it's Jeff Johns. I mean, you kind of know what you're getting for the most part. You know, he does mix things up a little bit between the team books and the solo books. Mm-hmm. But just that roster is it could be an unknown right there. I mean, there the, that that dynamic could work, or it could just be really weird. Um. Anyways, thank you for your time. If any of you have the time, please PM or message me on the site because it's kind of lonely here. Sorry, man. He's got eight posts. Comic Sean, you need to be on the forums more. Um, and I mean that in a, a nice way. Just just start talking to other people. Get be part of the community. But don't don't go overload like some people do. <laughs> but not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's all about moderation. Moderate yourself. Um, artistic Needham says, So if DC only has 52 titles and only brings in new titles when others are canceled, do you think they bring in some titles they feel might get canceled in the long run? So if they are constantly updating their titles. Otherwise, they might have 52 titles that keep going and then maybe people wouldn't pay much attention or something. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Hmm. No, me neither. I, I, because every time a book gets canceled, it's like they're saying, okay, we failed. This didn't work. You know, we, we need to find something better. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'd want to intentionally say, we're going to do something that we know people aren't going to want. Because they're, they have to pay people to do these books unless... They're you know they're paying someone at a lower rate if they're you know they're not as well established, but I don't think they would want to put out a title that they they know is going to get canceled. You know they 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 want to have top selling books, right? And if they say okay, here's this really cool idea, let's hang on to it for the next wave or the next wave, where if it's a really good idea, they could do it now and start making money off of it. So sure. I I don't, but then I do have to question. Sword of Sorcery, is there a big demand for that? Is that something people want? Yeah, why not? Are you reading it? Did, did the first issue or second issue come out? No, I'm not. I'm not reading it. Because we, we read the issue. You read the zero issue. We both read yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad, but 
if I like I'm what I'm I don't even know if issue one must have come out because yes it did I, I think it did did I not pick that up I must not have I don't know or maybe maybe I just didn't read it but that's the thing it's like I don't know about a book like that I mean but maybe there's there's a, a demand for it but mm-hmm. but obviously I think I think there is a little bit because there's a a lot of people. A lot of people who were a fan of the character before. So. I don't know. But I'm sure you and I. it does seem like an obscure choice. You and I could think of at least like five titles each that that would be better that we would rather see. Well, that we would rather see. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably maybe some other people would rather see. Um, Does Marvel now have a limit like DC's New 52? Uh, It doesn't seem like it when they're making everything bi-weekly and all that. Where they are only going to bring in a certain number of new titles and replace the ones that don't sell, or is I think it's sky's the limit. Um, it, in in some cases, it seems like they were replacing books that, that were getting canceled, but another, it's it's you know we got a new Guardians of the Galaxy that's not replacing anything that's no. just, just coming in. Yes. So I think they'll just keep keep pumping them out as long as people are buying them. Savage Dragon, sup everybody. So two things I wanted to say. First question is about Batman number 14. Since Joker is targeting the Bat family, what are your predictions? I know it's jumping to conclusions to assume they would kill someone off because we still have a lot of story left. But Maybe they're going to kill Barbara and bring Stephanie Brown. Okay, but everyone has their own titles and it's hard to imagine <laughs> they would take... I, I'm not trying to dismiss what you're saying. I'm just seeing where this, is, this question is going. Then we can talk about that. We can address that point. Um, it's hard to imagine they would take a break from those titles. Catwoman, Tim Drake and Teen Titans, Damien and Batman and Robin, Nightwing, Alfred and, and Adventures of Batman and his butler. Oh, wait. Do you think rather than kill off a major family character, Joker's more likely to A, disfigure a Bat family member, changing his appearance forever, or B, kill a surprise member to the story, i.e., like the Huntress? Well, I don't think they're going to they, – Huntress is not even involved with this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the other thing is this is called death of the family, right? So that could be more metaphorical. Like maybe they're not going to be as close knit. Maybe Batman's like, okay, I need to separate. You guys need to either stop being superheroes or just stay over there. So I don't know. Like, okay, Alfred, we know, you know, his, his life's in danger. Maybe they might be bold to do that, but I, don't I know. hope not. Yeah, I mean, it, that's it'd be, a horrible be crazy. idea. I, I don't, don't, I don't. I'm not claiming that idea that I want that. But well, I'm just saying that yeah. would be terrible. Same thing with like, like Jim Gordon. People are like, like, no, they can't kill him because it's too early in a New Fifty Two. And yeah, maybe it is. But what if they said people wouldn't expect this? Because that that's the thing. It's like Catwoman, um, Tim Drake, Jason Todd. You wouldn't expect that they're going to kill these characters because, especially if they have their own book. But you mentioned killing off Barbara Gordon. Yeah, I was kidding. That's not going to happen. Yeah, unless she gets disfigured again. Become or maybe she becomes Oracle again. I don't know. It's I I, I do wonder if there is going to be any death. I don't want any death. I don't like comic book deaths just for death's sake to be sensational. Mm-hmm. And because if someone's going to die, it's like they should stay dead. And I don't want any of these characters to die. Like including you know alfred and even like harvey bullock it's like i don't want any of these supporting people to to die no i agree so that sucks um 
But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but you figure because it's called death of the family, there has to be something that's dying. So I don't know. Maybe they're going to kill Batman. Maybe. Um, secondly, I just want to let you guys know that in a few weeks, I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel and uploading videos where I review comics that I pick up along with hopefully a couple other people. Oh, competing with us. It's well, um, there, we have other people that do that too on, on the site. Yeah, they're all competing with us. Yeah. It's something I have thought about doing and mostly inspired because of some great people I see on YouTube, like comic Uno and Mike, the spider slayer that really give great reviews of course, all the great reviews on CV. Just letting you guys know, and hopefully, once a couple of videos are up, I can send you guys a link or maybe hear some feedback for better or worse. Yeah, sure. Sounds cool. Good luck, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a you great weekend. Too. And maybe we can hire him. Sure. And you can share a desk. Yeah. Since I got all those comics on my desk, I got yeah. no room. Um, Lord Commander Striker says, I love X, X Factor to death. But when Leonard Kirk gave Polaris a new costume in issue 245, my instinctual reaction was, no! Oh, no. Basically the same reaction I had to Miss Marvel's costume switch. Mm-hmm. You, you, what do you think? You, Ms. I liked Miss Marvel's costume switch. I, I agree. I thought the bathing suit was, with bathing suit and sash, just kind of weird. It's silly. And the, the big boots. Um, I've always preferred costumes that are simple, like Polaris, Scarlet Witch, Fantastic Four, Original X-Men, etc. I've mostly come around on Captain Marvel, so I'm willing to be convinced on Polaris. What do you think of Lorna's new costume, and why does a superhero change outfits? Is it the artist's call? Um, I do agree. I think if I remembered the issue of Fantastic X-Factor, which just recently came out, the costume is, is very, not flamboyant, but it is very not flashy. Mm-hmm. If she's still going to hang out with X Factor, it's like they don't really need costumes so much. No, they don't. So it was an odd choice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not completely sold on it. I don't hate it. I'm like, like eh, is that really necessary? But it's, I, I, I'm assuming maybe there's a reason. I mean, as far as um, why superheroes change outfits, it makes sense that they would because you wouldn't think they'd want to wear the same thing all the time. Yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily the artist's call because you know they can't just say, "Hey, I want to change a costume." I mean, they they could try to tweak it a little bit, but I think it all comes down to editorial if they decide they want to mix things up so they can you know make another um, action figure or something down the line or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, P.S. Pip called Havoc Tron. And Alex knew he was right, so he goes back to his even worse old costume. Well, I I don't know. I think costume changes are cool sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they can be terrible, but but there there's some characters like when when they changed Superman's costume when he became the blue lightning thing. Yeah, it was weird. That it's like there's some characters you can't really do that. No. And even like when Wonder Woman got pants, I mean, people flipped out. Even though that's a little more practical, I'm not saying I preferred it, but I think I think there's some characters when their their suits are so iconic, it's hard to change them. Even though like like Spider Man, love the black and white suit, but is that Spider Man or not? Mm-hmm. But on the on the other hand, it's like, would you want to wear the same thing to work all the time? Uh, probably not. Like if but you- if it's a uniform, you know, then it's I don't know. I think it depends. 
Well, someone was calling for uniform in the, the news video. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. A uniform? Why? Someone, like, they wanted you to wear, like, the same thing or something like that. They want me to wear the same thing every week? Because you were wearing tights, your your fishnets or whatever. But yeah. I, I don't know if they're talking about that or the hat that you were wearing. If it was that 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 episode, they wanted you to wear it every Friday. Something. I see. Okay. So no, I, not gonna happen though. Sorry. Unless they wanted me to wear wear them. I don't know. Yeah, you and fishnets, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Full Metal Quash says. So I was talking with my brother and my friend about getting a tablet, and how the only reason I would want one would be to read digital comics. Personally, I love having the hard copy, holding the actual book, and I appreciate the sentimental value of some of the books, but cost is also important. Going digital would save me money. Also, do you think three ninety nine or any other price print comic should cost less in digital form? It makes sense because of printing, shipping, and packaging costs are basically non-existence, and it would be a motivator for people to switch to digital comics. So this comes up a lot of time. People... Say, I've been looking at digital comics. It costs the same. Why is that? It doesn't make sense because there's, there's no physical object. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you, you buy an album. You know, it's, it's, chances are it's, it's about the same price for if you get it off of iTunes or you get it at Target or wherever. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with, with comics. The reason why – because if, if they started making comics cheaper digitally, then people would say, yeah, I, I'm not going to buy – physical copies anymore because i can get them cheaper exactly and then there goes the printed industry and there goes you know comic shops they're actually making a lot more money though by keeping the price tag the same yeah because they 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 don't have to pay for distribution fees no i mean i guess they pay comiXology a fee i'm sure yeah there's gotta be something to for like okay you're hosting the the dc store and we have to pay you to complete the transactions because you're not buying directly from the publisher. And someone has to translate the issues to, you know, when they do the guided view, someone has to program that in. That's true too. I hadn't thought about that. See, I don't, I don't know who does that. Cause like when we went to the, the, the Burbank DC office, mm-hmm. remember there was that little digital pit, all those people yeah. working there, which I, I almost didn't want to go in there. Too scary. Well, I wasn't sure if I would see something I'm not supposed to see, but you know, they, they all had like their, stuff on display or collectible statues mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know if they were working on that part. Cause I would almost think that Marvel and DC would want to control how that works. No, I agree. Versus saying, Oh sure. Comicsology here, you do this and hopefully you won't mess it up. But also, I mean, they, they have to pay their creators, you know, a certain amount. So if, if all of a sudden they're selling less printed comics for, you know, cheaper that, that, if, if let's say a comic selling a hundred thousand copies at three ninety nine, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the majority switch to buying it digitally, which would be maybe two ninety nine, that's a huge difference. Yes, that that's a hundred thousand dollars right there. I guess if you mm-hmm. look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, you have to look at it that way. And also digital on, on Comicsology, I'm pretty sure they don't have ads in them. No, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. And and I've I've noticed lately that printed comics don't seem to have as many ads as they used to. They're they're mostly house ads. No, they don't. So that that's the other thing is where digital comics you you're you're kind of paying not to have ads in there. And the the publishers still need to make that revenue if if even if there's less ads these days, you know, they still need to get something. So I think that that's the main reason. But with digital 
at least with I don't know if Marvel's doing it too, if it's just DC, where a month after the book's out, they drop a dollar. So if if you can wait a month and and avoid getting spoiled, you can get your comics for a dollar cheaper. I think it was the uh I think that they are. I'm not sure if Marvel's doing that. I don't remember. I don't think Marvel's doing that. So I, I know DC is. And then a but lot then Marvel's also like also giving you the digital copy if you for buy free. It. Yeah, if you buy the print version, which I think is I personally think that's the way to do it, but some people argue there is someone that made a comment about that that they're, they're not really giving it to you for free. They're giving you a a 20-page comic for 3.99 versus DC's 20-page comics are usually 2.99 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then if you want digital, you pay the extra dollar, so it's I don't know. But yeah, they 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 can't sell them cheaper otherwise, you know, that that's going to mess things up. But a lot of time comicsology will have big sales. They'll sell like, you know, they'll have like a run of books order for 99 cents. Mm-hmm. You know, like older stuff and so you you have that. Um I did get one other email from K God Burson, I guess. I don't see a name here. Oh, Ken. There you go. Um I, I I feel like I'm disappointing everyone because like, hello, Tony, Sarah, Corey, and maybe James. But it's like, no Corey, no Sarah. So my name is Ken. No, no Corey, no James. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, my name is Ken. I've been enjoying the podcast for a while. Three questions. One for everyone. One for Corey and one for James. Sorry. Um, we, we, okay, someone's asked this before. Has a comic ever made you cry? Yes. I, I only asked because I recently went... Through that, after reading Journey to Mystery 645, after following Gillen's run from the beginning, it just makes the ultimate conclusion all the more heart-shattering. Also puts a bit of a dark spin on the beginning of the new Young Avengers run. Hmm. I did not read Journey to Mystery 645. No. We should have that downstairs. Yeah, I want to read it now. Okay. Um, but I always say that the kid who collects Spider-Man, that's a tearjerker. Um, yes. Um, what did you cry? Did 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 Psylocke and Angel make you cry? Uh, you or know Psy- what? Psylocke and Phantom I, X? I cried when Phantom X was killed. Which time? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and came back. Look, I'm alive. That made me cry too. I'm like, what the hell, Rick Remender? What a jerk. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, um, there is an episode of The Walking Dead that was gut-wrenching big time it was um i think it was like three weeks ago three episodes ago so if you've seen that if you're up on season three you know what i'm talking about that was that was a total punch to the gut um okay so this is for Corey. let's see it's not like this i know you're the x-factor aficionado in the group that's i i take insult to that because i was probably reading x-factor before Corey was born. Well, then you answer the question then. <laughs> um, see, read, having or hearing great things, if I could actually read this, hearing great things about it from others. So I thought I would get into it only to learn that there are 16 volumes out with a 17th to come out in December. So my mm-hmm. question is, do the beginnings of X Factor arcs tend to be good jumping on points or should I just start at volume one? Um, they can be kind of confusing because they feed off each other, don't they? Yeah, I, and I, I, my, where I can't answer this is I'm not sure what's in volume one because 
they don't always go in order. So if you're if you're talking about if if volume one is actually the very first X Factor number one, that's when it was the original X Men right after Jean Grey returned from the dead when she was in the, the cocoon at the bottom of the sea, and they posed as the exterminators as as mutant hunters, but they're really basically what they would do is they they had like a like a commercial or whatever, and people would say there's a mutant next door, so they would go there like they're gonna exterminate them. But they would really take them away and say, we're going to kind of help train you, you know, like the Xavier School used to do. So there is that. And then I believe it was like issue 71. I think – I don't know if that's when um, Peter David first took over because I don't know if he was writing before. And Ascenti, I think, wrote some X-Factor stuff. And um, and I, th- I think it was Larry Stroman, Stroman that was doing the art. That's when they had Havoc and Polaris and – Madrix came and Will Spain and, and Guido, strong guy. So it all kind of builds. But then to get current, you should really read the Madrix miniseries that, that Peter David, that really like reignited X Factor where you got to see it was, it was kind of had a, a noir feel to it. Um, but what I always say about reading comics, you know, if just jump in anywhere, just start reading there there might be a couple points that you're not sure what's going on then you know if if it's a big enough interest you you jump back you know, dig dig deeper but if there's like 200 and you know whatever 40 something issues if you can read all of them great otherwise you know, just just start jumping in and then you know stay current so that's that's my answer but yeah i mean every once in a while you're there's something that's going to touch on some incident or interaction that happened in the past or if a villain comes back, you know, when their their first encounter, you know, why did they have this grudge against them? Um, and then a question for James. It's, it, it, I don't I mean, I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> Ken, but it's just weird. People are, are still thinking that James is going to come in. <laughs> you talk about it like it's never going to happen. No, but because James always said before that he would come in when an issue of Earth 2 came out. But it's like James, he was recently in... Um, I think he was in Vegas this weekend. So oh. I, I think Darren Cook got married. Oh, really? Or someone got married. Yeah. So he was there. Um, so anyways, Ken says he's he's hoping to eventually get into comic writing. And, and he actually completed a script for first issue. He says, while I find it challenging in a good way, what throws me is trying to create a pitch for the comic. Question is, do you have a certain way for creating a comic pitch for editors? Or does it vary from project to project? So obviously, we can't really answer that. But... I think my unprofessional inexperience advice would be to try to get someone to draw it, try, try to find an artist, you know, whether you have to pay them out of pocket, but you, you, it's, I think it'd be easier to have a visual. I don't know how you feel about this area. I mean, right. We're not experts on this. No. So you think someone said here, here's my script. I don't know if people necessarily want to see that. They might want to see how it works pacing wise i don't know maybe this is not a, a good question for me to to try to no i would say that having something because you need to say okay can you write a 20 page issue can you write a 22 page issue can you map it all out can you you know have the layouts or tell your artist communicate to your artist to to get this done because you i i think i almost think it'd be easier to write a like a, a story for an issue mm-hmm. than to map out the actual pacing for the issue. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's not easy 
uh, scripting an issue, I don't think. I mean, I think it would be easier to write a short story than the scripted issue because you don't have to worry about the actual specifics or constraints. Mm-hmm. So that's my unfortunate little advice that I can give. And I believe that is it. Is that it? Yep. What time did we start? Um, two hours and three minutes ago. Wow. Pretty long podcast for not having like really talked about comic books. Yeah, actually, I think we need to get out of here because um, I think Giant Bomb's going to want to use this. Oh, because, really? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Comic Vine podcast. If you live in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving, and if you don't, Happy Weekend. Um, and we will be back next week. Yes. Next next uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. All right, and Tony will also have another podcast uh going up next week as well yep all right bye guys bye yeah let's let's do this hey i want that i'm gonna pull this